Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about anything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird. Truth or Report with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Sebastian. But uh, keeping up with the news this week's been wild. I, I messaged you earlier in the week and I was like, dude, I already have enough articles for another show and a half even. And Man, I, today know. I, had to, I had to really prune back a few that I wanted to highlight, but we'll see where how far we get. I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, same thing, man. I got like a... Well, I was also following, I'll, I'll end it with that, like, because it's the longest, the longest clips I have. All right. I got some of that, uh, that truth or drama. There was a lot of truth or drama going on earlier and with the scenes whole, of that. with the whole, um, Q stuff. And cause you know, they had that Q into the storm documentary. So I got, I clipped a little bit of that. That's a long clip. And then I clipped a little bit of that. My Maria's podcast where she talks to that, uh, code monkey. Interesting, interesting. Um, I haven't had a chance to to get into that myself, but uh, been kind of seeing some of the fallout from Instagram in particular. Well, I just so happened to have fucking, you know, I have HBO Max, so like I was already watching the Q thing, and then like I don't, uh, not like a regular, I don't dislike or not like her or anything, but uh, I'm not a huge regular listener of uh, my Maria, but um. Yeah, then Cuddy in a dress, man. That was weird too, man. Um, but uh, when I seen it's her like with Dave Code Monkey, uh, tell all interview. I know, man. That. that really brought that back to mind. Um, yeah, but then uh, she had that guy Code Monkey on there, so that was kind of interesting. And I clipped a little bit of it because, to me, like in me personally, like it that whole fucking like I know it was biased. Like obviously they're gonna be biased and anything, but. To me, it seems like it validated the points I've been making since, like, I don't know, like, April, May, <laughs> like, about the whole situation. To me, it just solidifies that, but um, I don't know. What do you got? What do you, what do, uh, I, like you said, there's so many stories I know, but what, what do you want to just kick it off with? Um, Let's see. I mean, I think a good one to start with, um, really, I wanted to highlight as a drone whistleblower case will be the first Espionage Act conviction of Biden presidency from Zero Hedge. Press freedom, peace, and human rights advocates are rallying behind uh, Dale Hale, uh, the former intelligence analyst who blew the whistle on the U.S. government's drone assassination program and who pled guilty uh, Wednesday in federal court to violating the Espionage Act. The Washington Post uh, reports Hale, who was set to go on trial next week, pleaded guilty to a single count of violation uh, of the 1917 law. That has been used to target whistleblowers, including uh, Julian Assange, John uh, Kirikow, uh, Chelsea Manning, Edward Snowden, Jeffrey Sterling, Reality Winner, and others. And it's just kind of interesting that um, 
we're seeing a lot of this, uh, you know, doublespeak we saw with the Obama administration and Biden was a part of that, where it's like, oh, we're going to be open and transparent, but, you know, they'll go after anyone that exposes, in particular, the geopolitical crimes that are going on in uh, the taxpayer's name. Yeah, and that, like you said, that was already, that had already been happening um, under Obama's watch. Like, they had already prosecuted the most espionage acts and it's just a continuance of that and i'm not saying it's just him because obviously like to me it's the whole uh connection with all of them and that they were very tough on whistleblowers uh and like the one whistleblower was a dude i can't remember his name off the top of my head but uh he was talking about the mraps because at the time they were still deploying humvees to um iraq you know what i mean And, and afghanistan and all that and they were killing people because they were not protecting them for rpgs and they already had the mraps but because they had a contract for those humvees they kept pushing on those humvees and he goes hey man you know people are dying this could literally um save lives if you get these mraps out there and he got like literally he got hit everything but he went through hell to like he got back everything pretty much but he went through hell for from some years yeah man there's uh tons of those little uh deals with the military industrial complex that make no sense for the well-being of the soldiers or even tactically from a military standpoint but these uh deals and contracts remain in place uh, just for special people to make a quick buck on the side and it costs people lives you know those soft skin vehicles like the humvees uh were very uh soft targets for insurgency style tactics which is what we're going up against so it's basically just the meat grinder for our boys um which is a real shame, and there should be people held accountable for this kind of stuff. But unfortunately, I don't really see any political will for that. Honestly, like uh, this morning when I woke up, I was just going through my phone, and I happened to someone happened to post uh, an old uh, Senate hearing with John Stewart when he was uh, it was uh, 2018 when he was talking about the uh, first responders, and he's like, they took five seconds. To respond, you know, it's taking you 18 years. I mean, it's really an emotional thing because, like, and it just made me think, like, you know, that's something that we need to focus on, too, with uh, the law enforcement side of it. Uh, like, to re- reiterate to them, like, they don't give a shit about you either. Like, look at look at 9-11. Uh, uh, all those firefighters and police officers, they're, they, Congress and the government has been doing everything in their power to not help them. I agree, man. It's, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, I don't know, that, that bit from Jon Stewart when he was actually testifying there, uh, was very emotional. And it, you know, it struck a nerve because we haven't been taking care of the people that, uh, really put themselves in the line of harm's way for the innocent people around them in their community. And it's a tragedy that to this day has yet to be addressed, really. Yeah, not even. Like, so just not just first responders, but also veterans, like we were saying, like, like, yeah, I couldn't believe that they didn't want to listen to the dude like, hey, a lot of people are dying because of these vehicles. And we literally have the vehicle that will save lives and they wouldn't do it. They did eventually. But I do remember it being like quite like it was a number of years before they really started rolling it out in mass. Um, uh and it was Real only crazy. because yeah. people. It was only because of the um, he blew the whistle, and then it's only because um, independent media uh, took it out. And you know, at that time, the media wasn't as bad as now. There was a few outlets. There's still a few on mainstream, but very few. Like, 
to me, Tucker is controlled opposition. Like, does he have great stories? Yeah, but then you kind of see him playing the – but, I mean, we already know that game. Everybody's playing some kind of game, whether it's controlled opposition or they're just trying to keep their job. We don't really know. We're just kind of like – guessing one of the other stories i didn't clip it but it was just annoying to me the whole this whole hunter the parade of for hunter biden like being some like heroic i they're joke they were literally on jimmy kimmel joking about him smoking fucking parmesan cheese madness um just the way they're trying to normalize it and make him seem like he's the victim in all of it um and then him saying like you know not really denying the whole laptop scandal he's like i could have known i was on crack and just kind of elaborating on all the crazy things he experienced from his uh, drug use. And, um, you know, in the meantime, the media takes back their retractions on the stories, dismissing the laptop stuff and uh, some of the other business dealings, which I I think are really a lot more important and were not highlighted at all was like, you know, the Ukraine uh, Burisma deal. And then, um, you know, being on the board of that company and several others just because of uh, his last name. That one and the other story that kind of uh, irritated me was the whole DMX thing where, like, the media immediately smeared his name. Like, they were praising Philip, Prince Philip, the, like, some great hero. And then, like, literally, there's a side-by-side. -side. I, I don't know if it was the New York Times. I think I saw that. And they did the same thing what CNN did. And, and I'm sure they all just because they steal from each other. But they said... It was half Prince Philip, like, oh, my God, so sad. And the other one was DMX. And it said, like, rapper known for his music as much as his troubled past. Like, why do they got to go into people like that? And it's just crazy to me because these are the same people that are telling us that race is so important and that it's so important to treat people a certain way. And they're the same. They're the, the like we always say, these liberals that, uh, like, you know, Malcolm said and a lot of these people said, like, they are the real true racist. Like, yeah, at least a racist that's going to be up front. You know what you're getting. You know what's coming to you. These backdoor racists where they're pretending to be your friend or some kind of uh, like ally of some such and they're trying to help you get to a certain goalpost, they're just in it to get whatever they want to get and push their agenda and they're using you. I like to call them uh, limousine liberals. I'm not the one to coin that phrase, but I've heard it a few times and it really comes to mind uh, considering all of that. And I think the, the, the story that's almost missed there is um, – because of the angle uh, the family was pushing, like he wasn't using drugs and stuff, uh, saying he was clean and that it was uh, only a few days after receiving a vaccine for COVID that he went into the hospital in a coma. Now, I feel like that's almost uh, there's a big strategy behind the angle that he went. He relapsed and went back into drug use. And this is a result of that. Yeah, I and thought it was a spin, just, too. Just, just to add more uh, consensus to, like, the mob mentality view to it. And it's a real shame because um, despite a lot of his personal problems, like, he, he had a good message to quite a few bit of his songs. Uh, I've been listening to some of them lately just to kind of refresh. I grew up with listening to DMX in high school, and, I mean, I, I actually appreciate him as an artist, you know, and he was willing to speak out against the industry and its manipulative, manipulative habits against uh, vulnerable young artists. 
Well, I thought it was also courageous of him to be able to just go out there publicly and speak about his addictions. Like, that's not yeah. an easy thing to do. Like, people want to write people off. Like, they think it's so, like, do you think that he decided to become an addict? No, he didn't. He All addicts come from what? Trauma. He had trauma. So, like, that trauma he was working through. And a lot of us, because we don't know, no one teaches us, or maybe we don't have the right cast around us. Not saying no one, but the less good cast you have around, the harder it is to uh, decipher a lot of this. And we lean towards drugs because we can't get have a vacation at some of these, you know, uh, avenues in our life where we're not making enough money or it's just not suitable. So we take people take drugs or alcohol and they, to a release, and then it becomes a crutch. And for people to like criticize that, I, I'm like to me, like I take my hats off to be able to publicly say like, yeah, I was in an addict and I'm fighting it. And you know what I mean? And to me, I believe it. And I thought it was horseshit that they're going to try to smear his name after he's been doing so good, so much good and so much inspiration and talking to people. And it's just a humble, anybody that talked about him. Cause I did a show with him a long time ago. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did. It was probably like, I don't know. I want to say six, seven, maybe eight years ago. I, I don't know the exact date, but it was between 10 and eight years ago. And then, just see them in the back. Like, most people are like, whatever, they come at the last minute. You know what I mean? Like, they're the big, we're we're just the open up acts, you know? We don't, you don't always get to talk to the motherfuckers or they don't want to, which they're not, right. uh, they don't have to. But he chopped it up with us and talked to us and, like, gave us, like, a lot. Like, they, those kind of people don't got to do that. You know what I mean? Like, they hit, there's no need for him to talk. And he just wants to talk. It's just the kind of person he is. So I just was pretty disappointed that they would, I mean, I know I should expect it, but it's just. Man, I thought finally, well, at least they're finally talking about all this stuff. Maybe they won't do it this time, but no, nope, they still did it. Yeah, um, it's a real shame because um, no one no, no one deserves that, um, especially someone who's been down on his luck and kind of uh, saw a decline in his career for a period of time and, you know, had a lot of troubles with his family and his personal life. Like, just to keep attacking him, hitting a man while he's down, is there's no honor in that. Um from my perspective, at least, uh, I don't know. It like, wasn't even in the ground, man. Like he was, it was not even official. Like it's like, yeah, you're already saying all this stuff. Like the seconds, like you already had that ready to go. Like, okay. I mean, I didn't even like when they did that with Kobe too. Like the whole, like bringing yeah. up the, the rape allegations. I'm like, come on, man. Like not saying you can't address it, but like, it, this is the time to address it right now. Like, that's what I don't get. Like, what are you going to resolve? Nothing. But because you're just trying to spin, you're trying to spin. And you would rather smear his name than have anything bad publicity towards the vaccines. <clears throat> yeah, there's definitely that agenda to it for sure. And then there's just haters out there that are, you know, trying to troll and they think they're getting a laugh out of people. But really, it's like, dude, you, you're uh, you're a loser. You're not really uh, making any sort of compelling message to it. You're just trying to slander a guy when he just passed. Like, come on. And, and like I said, in a guy that was really... Uh, trying to do the bright things all the time. Like, it's not like he was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. He realized that he had some mess-ups, and he just was trying to... Uh, you're talking about, like, 10 years ago and stuff, too. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, you could dig into all of our past and see some bullshit, but like I said, I mean, I know we should expect it, but it's just very, very distasteful, and I think those people should be ashamed of themselves, and I hope they constantly get called out because they should. I agree with you. Um, to be fair, though, it's been nice to see a lot of people, you know, that uh, I know personally and stuff like just randomly post stuff up like DMX was so real, like his he was a genuine character, like 
on the stage and off the stage, this was the same person. He didn't have a persona or like a front to it, it you know, from what I can tell from the outside. But it was really cool to hear that you actually met him and he took the time to, you know, uh, give you pointers and have a chat. Like, exactly. That reflects his character in a big way, in my opinion. Especially, like I said, we're just like open, uh, like just openers. Like, we could be anybody. Like, we're just random people that got to sell tickets to try to do the show. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, there. People are went to go see them. Like, yeah, we had our little people to see us, but the real pe- main people were there to see him. And this was, like I said, this was at, when he was kind of like on his. Uh, Dang, was it after 2000? Yeah, I think it was after 2015. No, I think it was like 2013, 14. But it was like after he had went through a lot of shit rehab. And when he, I think he was working on that last album he did in 2015. It was around somewhere around that time. But yeah, he was a cool dude. So that like, obviously, I'm going to take it more when I meet this person. And I can, and I actually had a, for once I could be like, oh, well, I have an opinion on this for sure. Like, I always have an opinion, but I have some like, a connection to where I'm like, well, that's bullshit because I talked to the dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy because all these people are so quick to, you know, have their opinion and throw it up there in the comment sec comment section of, uh, you know, pick your poison of social media, and yeah. they've never met the guy. Yeah. You know, they don't they don't know him. They've never walked a mile in his shoes. It's like, honestly, sometimes silence is the best path for a majority of society. It's like. You don't have something nice or positive to say. You maybe just keep it to yourself, really. Um, Especially if it's not going to change, like, or fix anything. No, I mean whether it's uh, and whether it is uh, he relapsed and had an OD, or it is the vaccine. That doesn't really matter as much to me as the fact that he passed away at such a young age. That's yeah. tragic in itself. For sure, and like that's one hundred percent. Well, to change gears real quick, I know I'm shit. Let's do it. Yeah, bit. honestly, I wanted to talk about that, but I didn't have anything prepared. But yeah, I didn't have any prepared. I just chat. wanted to go off of, uh, you know, off cuff because, uh, I mean, like I said, I was pretty, uh, up, like, I was talking a lot of shit. Like, I kind of toned down because I was, like, telling a couple of people I know just because I was like, well, I already hate the media anyway, so <laughs> it makes it pretty easy. But uh, I'm going to change gears and talk about Fauci. I have a little clip of Fauci where he's talking about he's baffled. As to why um, the numbers aren't surging in Texas. He's baffled. And uh, before I say that, I had a little side note. Pfizer announced, Pfizer and Moderna announced that um, vaccine, the vaccine for COVID only protects for six months. And boosters will be needed, like we've been saying, that they will be needed. So it looks like they're going to go ahead with the whole booster things. But uh, here's the clip of Fauci. I'm not hearing it if it's uh, started yet, by the way. You can't hear it? Nope. Let me see. How about this one? Nothing? No, not hearing it. It's weird. We'll just have to go. I don't know why that shit does that sometimes. Yeah, it's... Did uh, you hear the song in the beginning? I did not, actually. Okay, so, like, it must be just a thing... Yeah, they must have not be able to hear it. Well, anyways, I'll just go off of what he basically said. Good thing I wrote notes today. <laughs> I had a feeling to write notes. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, he was, like, baffled to why uh, there's not a surge 
uh, in Texas, and he's saying, well, they're just, you know, wait for it, you know, like, you know, it's going to be in a few weeks, but he wouldn't address the fact that it's already been four weeks since they've dropped the max mass thing. He was just kind of more har- harping on the full stadium and that, like, hey, you know, we've been in this position before. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. And, like, I think that was just typical Fauci trying to uh, do what he's doing. They're trying to prolong this as long as they can and to promote because uh, that July 1st deadline for the emergency authorization is coming up and I think that they know it and they want to get as much people vaccinated as they can before that yeah uh, particularly with um, you know the fear of it kind of dying down at least from what I'm seeing in my personal circles like people are taking a lot more quote-unquote risks um, you know that people were avoiding about this time last year there's been a a lot of news with the whole strains and the mainstream media pays attention to the, you know, the new variants and stuff like that. And I even have one article, uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. He's bad. I mean, I was answering one of the, (laughs) he said baffled because it was the exact opposite of what has been pushing. And I was like, yeah, he's baffled because he was wrong and he's trying to, yeah. I mean, look at Florida. Uh, they barely had a lockdown at all, and they've had the most uh, freedom-loving uh, policies of the COVID pandemic across the country. Well, amongst them. There's a few others, too. But, um, yeah, their numbers don't reflect uh, the theory that the lockdowns work or that mask may work. So <laughs> it's kind of hard for them. I mean, they're probably – uh, full press uh, trying to cover this story and twist it to their narrative as best they can. But it's hard with the numbers going against it. You have the side-by-side state examples like California, New York versus Texas and Florida. Yeah, and we've already talked to that extensively about how the age ranges of the population are totally different. Absolutely. Did you hear the um, – there was a poll of the U.S. Marine Corps and that 40% of them are refusing the vaccination so far, and they're still, you know, haven't applied it to everyone. I found that to be pretty interesting, you know, when you have people in the government um, military and they're refusing it. It's, like, going to be a pretty big obstacle for them if uh, that 40% uh, ratio holds out for the whole, the whole uh, core, at least. About the vaccines, too, I, I came up with a, 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 an idea over this weekend. So um, I'm trying to LLC this company I'm trying to start and, you know, get everything, all the paperwork going. And I was looking through that, and, you know, I was looking through that uh, Rocket Lawyer, you know, like where you can get the pr- rocketlawyer.com. Basically, you get like little templates of contracts and blah, blah, blah. So I came up with this idea. Because I know the hospitals out here, a couple of them now are demanding that you have to be vaccinated to be in there to, um, what's it called, to be with a patient or anything. I don't know if the patients have to be. They haven't stated that yet. But my brother's Well, they can mandate that. it through their employees, though, and that's yes. how they're doing it. Well, no, but I'm saying that even visitors now. They're saying you can't visit your people. You can't visit anybody unless you can prove that you've been vaccinated. And my brother's worried about it because he's going to have a kid, so he's going to be over there. So it came, I came up with this idea. I was like, well, what we need to do is if your employer is uh, threatening that you, it's mandate or, like, you know, you're in a situation where you have to you, – you feel like you're up against the wall and you have to take it because of the certain things, whether it's going to affect your livelihood 
or something like seeing your child's birth or whatever, I was thinking, why don't you go to rocketlawyer.com, print out a little template, and fill it in, and then put a... like, fill it out to where it says about liability and then tell them, go, okay, I will take that vaccine, but you have to sign this liability, acknowledging that if anything happens to me, because you're mandating that I have to take it, and there's nobody that I can sue if something happens, I need you to sign this contract to hold you liable of anything that may happen. I think that's a genius idea. Um I kind of saw a thread on that uh, a few months back, and I think we I brought it up uh, in an episode around that time. But yeah, basically, if the government is making it so the pharmaceutical companies cannot have any sort of legal liability for any potential harm of these uh, emergency authorized vaccines, uh, not even FDA approved, you know, don't get it twisted. Those two are not the same. I think we have to highlight that every time we talk about it, just because you know there's new new viewers that might not uh, know that. Yeah. And yeah, if you can, if you're being forced uh, with that on your uh, your employment, you know, to get a mandatory vaccine, uh, throw it back at them and make them legally take liability through a form uh, of uh, signing it. And I would imagine they would probably let it slide and not force you to take the vaccine if that's exactly. the you took. Because they wouldn't want to take the liability. And then, then they're, they're not. And then. They're not going to want to take the liability and they're not going to want it to be an issue of where you're going to be like, well, they wouldn't sign the contract. Right. You know what I mean? Because then they, you're, they know that they're in a, in a pickle where they're just like, let's leave this person alone. And I think people should do that because that's your way to fighting back. It's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, because people are always like, oh, you're a bitch. If you do this, like a lot of people got to work, man. You can't you don't you don't get to decide like, and you know, people go, oh, we'll get another job. But what about all these corporations that are following line the same way? You got to do what you got to do to protect you. And like I said, like, we, we don't know, like, because people always tell me, I go, I'm not anti-vax. I've had all my vaccines. I've had my, my kids, have, my daughter has had her vaccines. Like, you know what I mean? And I, but I also know a lot of women in the, that I've dated a lot of people in the medical field. And I know how hospitals run. I know how doctor's offices are run. I know that there's corruption. I know pe- just like anything, like it's about money. It's not, not necessarily corruption. Uh, I mean, you could call it that, but basically they're just trying to scheme, plot and scheme to get money, like anybody. But with this, I don't like that nobody could be held accountable. I'm like, how can you sue somebody? Someone literally sued McDonald's because the coffee was too hot and it didn't warm them, and they won. Someone literally sued a pizza parlor that they broke into in California, got stuck in the vents, and sued them, and won. So how can you sue them, but you can't hold a vaccine liable? So... I'm just saying if you feel uncomfortable with taking it and your employer's pushing you, I would I would push and advocate to go to uh, rocketlawyers.com and and print you out a, a little template and write a contract and make sure you get it notarized and just tell them, like, all right, I get it. Like, you think this is the right thing to do. I'm a little skeptical of it, but let's meet in the middle, right? Isn't that the whole thing? We're supposed to make some concessions. I'm making a concession by taking it. Your concession would be you sign this contract. Yeah, um, I think the best method at this point is to try and call that bluff. Um, that's, you know, probably the best recourse because uh, I think depending on the, it, it, it might depend on the size of the you know business you are working for. If it's a big uh, corporation, they might be willing to 
you know, take on that chance and then you're going to have to take that vaccine if you like it or not. Cause you went into that contract, um, to keep your job. That is, uh, but for those people who want to keep their job and try and, uh, you know, use your actual sovereignty as leverage, uh, legally, this is probably the best course of action. And I would like to help you with this, um, this venture, it, like, uh, setting up a website and then, and or the LLC, like you're talking about, that we can put these templates out so that people have this as a resource to, uh, you know. Yeah, like I was thinking, like, up. maybe just fill in the, the middle part, you know, like for them, like, just put. Yeah, uh, her exactly. Behavior, like, and like, put their I blah, blah, blah in the beginning, put our little middle sec, not not a, just a little brief, you know, just to give us something, man. It's like the, like we always say, the working class is the ones that are always screwed. We're the ones that have to work through pandemics. We're the ones that have to take the vaccines if we don't want to take them. We're the ones that have to do all the bullshit. And we have nobody standing up for us. I don't know one damn politician that's standing up for us. Uh, since I don't have the clip, but I'll talk about it and I posted about it. Like AOC, for instance, uh, this guy, Ryan Wentz, right? He, uh, she had actually made, have an article on that. Oh, you do? Good. Oh, perfect. Go into keep it. Going, then, man. Keep going. Yeah, well, I'll bring up a little bit. So basically, AOC did this little interview, and she just said it was a big nothing. She just did a typical uh, filibuster pol politician ramble where she didn't really say anything. It was about uh, Palestine and Israel's relationship. And you could tell she didn't want to piss off anybody. Like she was trying to dance around everything, right? Then this guy, Ryan Wentz, who is an anti-war activist, criticized her. He said, how underwhelming. That's what, they, that's what he said. And she sent, well, the Capitol Police, she sent something to the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police sent CHP to this dude's house uh, to check up and be like, hey, is everything good? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I have in this article. Uh, it's wild that this sort of uh, leverage is allowed, you know? Um, and from what I gathered and read in the article from Zero Hedge, like he didn't say anything threatening that would warrant a police visit. You know, he he didn't make any uh, threats of violence or anything like that. He just was criticizing her stance on it. And I mean, holy cow! Look at 1984. Here it is. Um, you have the police uh, going after you for your very opinions and thoughts. I thought that was kind of limited to the UK um, and other countries. Uh, but even the First Amendment, as Joe Biden says, all amendments, nothing is uh, absolute. Which is a crazy thing to say. But ooh, that crazy nutbag always says something uh, wild. And it seems like <laughs> I nobody know. even bats an eye. I know. At least not in the mainstream media. They're, they're just going with it. Supreme Leader Biden and, uh, well, I should probably should say Supreme Leader Harris because I think that's who's really running the show. But. I don't know, man. I, I think, like, uh, she's a, I think she's just part of the show, too, man. I I think, like... Well, I think I she's the, not running the show, but she, I think she's more of a usable puppet and figurehead than sure. Biden is in the long term. Because I had a, a, a good old, our good old friend Saki, I had hers lined up with... Uh, um, a clip where he they talk about Biden and Obama's relationship, how they're constantly talking and stuff. You know, they say that they're friends and stuff. But I, man, I don't. I, I just kind of find it hard to believe that they're friends, man. How do you be friends with Joe Biden, man? It doesn't even look like you could be friends with that dude. Like, you just get annoying. Like, even his damn son, man. Fuck his son, man. How come he didn't go to jail for crack? <laughs> Everybody else went to jail for crack except his own son that did the most crack. 
What about even uh, lying on the background check when he was uh, purchasing a firearm about his uh, drug use? I, I mean, other people have gone to jail for lesser things than that even, but uh, for that particular thing, it's like, you know, he lied about that, and then I think a family member dumped the gun in a dumpster. Like, yeah, was and that, no, uh, no one's going to be held accountable for those things that would uh, get people put in federal penitentiary. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, like, crazy. And, and to go back to the AOC thing, um, so she's advocating against, allegedly against a police state, but then she's pushing a police state. Like, which one? Pick a lane, lady. Like, you got, you, what side are you on? Like, we already knew what side she was on, but a lot of the progressive have, progressive have been fooled because she is not who she says she is. She's a fucking liar. She's always been a liar. And she's always stood with the establishment. And she just says stuff. She tweets. That's it. She gaslights. That's what she does. Yeah, very much so. And that's where most of her uh, support comes from is Twitter, I feel like, um, which is a major problem. You know, it's like gives a false sense of righteousness, I feel, for uh, characters like her. You know, it's like a very much an echo chamber and only certain types of thoughts are allowed. And obviously hers are condoned, but. She's she's a careerist and she's in it for the long haul and the power. She's not she doesn't oh, have yeah. ideological standing. <laughs> she doesn't care. She like you said she's there to further her career and to become a career politician and hopefully be a senator one day and has aspirations to be to run for president or at least vice president. Sir. Yeah. I agree. And then did you hear about that St. Paul's uh I mean, St. Vincent uh, Volcano, that island of the Caribbeans that, like, the volcano erupted. And then they I were... Hear- and they literally said it on the report. They were like, they are getting people off the island, but only if they're vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really... I thought that was fake news at first, and then I did a little digging, and uh turns out I think that's true um, from what I've seen. Which is crazy in itself, just showing that this whole thing, the you know, the global push by the likes of the World Economic Forum for a vaccine passport scheme is going to make a multi-tier caste system out of society as a whole, um, which is crazy. It's madness. Um, I have a good article here. Uh, Tyrant Klaus Schwab declares unvaccinated people to be a threat to humanity. Several dozen heads of the World Health Organization, uh, the World Economic Forum, and various other globalist bodies have declared the Great Reset needs to include the establishment of a global pandemic treaty to ensure that all humans are vaccinated in accordance with government edicts. So, I, I don't know. I mean, that's clearly what they want, but it's wild that it's just kind of being pushed forward as public policy in a way that should draw more attention to it, but I don't know. People just seem to be going along with it. Well, the <laughs> thing that just baffles me is that we already went through this with 9-11 and the Patriot Act, and we saw all what happens and what freedoms will be taken away and how useless they are and how we do the war on drugs. We've seen the war on drugs, the war on terror, the war on this. It's never worked. None of this ever works. Just like back, and we knew this way, way, way back when they banned alcohol. You know what I mean? Through back then, we knew that it doesn't work. But they yet, they still push these ridiculous, insane, psychopath ideas. I like that, like, uh, 
uh, that Polish dude in Canada. And he's like, I can't believe these psychopaths. Like, was, oh, the, the priest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, that was a great. Clip, you know, he, he literally the the power of Christ compelled them out of that church. Oh yes, by, man, that was beautiful. Man, that was fucking... their faith vessel. That was a beautiful clip. I love that. But he just kept calling him psychopaths, and he's like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, he's a Polish man, so he knows uh, oh, authoritarianism yeah. Oh, yeah. left and right. And uh, he knows it when he sees it, and he's willing to call him out full force. And he, he got him out of there, and that's you have to be strong in your your resoluteness of uh, holding up your own freedoms. Otherwise, they'll be taken away. You know, If you consent, they will walk all over you. And that's something I brought up to one of my friends uh, the other day, uh, too. I was like, hey, you know how we always talk about the Holocaust? Rightfully so, right? You know, I get it that it was egregious and uh, horrible. But we only focus on what happened to the Jewish people. Like, we never, like, I mean, like, yeah, there was Polish people that were Jewish, too. But, like, Poland just got slaughtered in general. Like, they were considered just being Polish. That's it. Like, that's where all those jokes come from, the Polak jokes and stuff like that. Like, from back yeah. in the days and the blonde and all that. I it's mean... Like, have you heard of the Katyn massacre? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when the Soviets, when they took their eastern half of Poland in the Ribbentrop Pact uh, they had with the Nazis in the early part of uh, the war before it was uh, between them, they occupied eastern Poland and they were executing all the Polish officers they captured in these uh, these little uh, soundproof rooms and there's mass graves found by the Nazis after they actually went in there uh, later on. And the Soviets tried to cover it up, but there was, there was a lot of bloodshed in Eastern Europe. I'll tell you, man, 20 plus million, uh, 20 million plus Russians died alone. And it's wild to think that we have the Biden administration now is pushing for a war on so many different fronts, or at least, you know, posturing the American power stance. Um, I have a few articles on geopolitics if you want to start getting into yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So one interesting one I saw from CNN was uh, concerns mount that U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan could risk progress on women's rights. Concerns amounting from bipartisan U.S. lawmakers and Afghan women's rights activists that the hard-won gains for women and civil society in Afghanistan could be lost if the United States makes a precipitous withdrawal from the country. President Joe Biden has suggested that it will be difficult to meet the May 1st deadline for U.S. troops to leave the country, as dictated in the deal Trump, the Trump administration signed with the Taliban, the, the Doha Accords. Um, however, there are fears that the U.S. that if the U.S. withdraws before the conditions on the ground are right, regardless of the date of, on the calendar, there will be a sharp and possible catastrophic backslide. And I just feel like this is a angle they've pushed for a while on the Afghan war. Um, but it, it, I think it's highly hypocritical because we're, you know, closely allied with the Saudi Arabian regime and they have equal to, if not even more abhorrent uh, treatment of women's rights. And we are selling them arms left and right. And Pakistan too. Yep. And so it just, it just shows like there's a lot of effort um, by the powers that be to keep us in these endless wars. And they've been adding to them as well. I mean, you're looking at Syria, it's back on the menu. Uh, Ukraine's been dialed up to 11 and it's, and then Taiwan as well, not to mention that. Um, I feel like we'll be stretched thin if uh, anything pops off in a major way. 
Well, like I don't, ha- I had the clip, but uh, the clips aren't playing that good. But I had this clip with Kamala, and she's talking about. Uh, it's like a thirty second clip. I'll send it to you after. But basically, she's saying like, uh, for years, uh, wars have been fought over oil, but very soon they will be fought over water. I saw she's that talking about water wars, and I like we were talking about you know food wars. <coughs> I think it's just going to be this whole effort to, like, uh, like just watching the news uh, the past week. I heard crisis so many fucking times. It's fucking hilarious. Like, everything's a crisis. The border crisis. The COVID crisis. The gun crisis. The racist crisis. Like, it, it's just, at some point, I believe that people are going to crack and go, wait a second. What the fuck? Like, is it always going to be like this then? Like, is there always a crisis? Like, are we always supposed to be in, like, uh, I'm scared all the time mode? Come on, man. Uh, And more and more people are realizing that. They're like, this is bullshit. Like, more and more people don't give a shit about the news. And I think it was one of the greatest things. Like, well, not great, but it was a good thing for them to talk about DMX like that. Because that just exposes them even more to see that they're a bunch of fake bullshit. The whole BLM story that came out. Or what's her name? Patrice bought another house, a $1.4 million house. I think she's up to four uh, from properties now, which is uh, quite the, you know, quite the business practice of a uh, vowed Marxist. Yeah. Uh, real, putting the bougie back in bourgeois, really. <laughs> yeah, well, what we're going to have to do, that's what I was telling people. I'll say, man, I'm in the wrong fuck. I got to get into this grifting business. I guess I... The only Charity, thing is I, man. Charity work. I would just feel too shitty about it, though. That's the only thing is, like, I can't be taking people's money. Some people have no morals, though. (laughs) They'll they'll take that money for, you know, what is, you know, in in practice or, you know, in theory, a good, a a good, a just cause. But where does the money go? I mean, we saw it early on, too, as being funneled to Act Blue and uh, various uh, Democrats, uh, neoliberal Democrats, mind you. Um, well, even before that, with the whole Sean King thing, man, and then like, yeah. and then what was it a month ago, or a few shows back? I think I don't know if we brought it up or not. I'm not uh, but when I talked about like uh, to, uh, Tamir Rice's mother speaking out about uh, Sean King, like fuck this fool, man. Like he just him and these activists use our kids' names to get money, and they don't help anybody. They don't help jack shit. Like they're not making awareness. They're not doing anything. These people are. There's still police brutality. We're still living in a police state. <clears throat> they're advocating for They pushed to vote for Biden, and now they're like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Like, after the fact, when you can't change it, they, Sean King was called out, where, the, where is the money going? He was never able to fucking show where the money's going. He had a, a audit, but a friend of his audited his company. Get the fuck out of here, man. Fuck Sean King. I'll say that a million times because I fucking hate that piece of shit. I think he's a, nothing but a grifter. And and speaking of grifting, that's what I've been. That's what a lot of the drama was. Like I've been seeing going on. Like I won't say drama, but people talking about in the truther community because a lot of people feel that people shouldn't make money off of uh, you know what we do, which is a debatable thing. I could understand that. Like you know, you, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, I mean. But then you got to think: Well, should someone put if they put a lot of time in it? It it could go either way for me. Like I could see both both sides of it, but. What I saw, and I don't know if you follow uh, My Maria, 777, uh, she has her own podcast. I follow her post. I haven't listened to the podcast, though. I haven't listened to too much, but I listened to a few recently because of uh, just things that it just fit into what I needed to uh, uh, to, to, to get out. Um, 
Well, anyway, she, uh, I guess she deactivated her account or deleted her account or some shit. Because she interviewed that guy, Code Monkey. You know who Code Monkey is, right? The 8 channel yeah. guy? <laughs> I think, isn't that who HBO thinks is Q? Well, I would, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, so I watched that whole Q into the storm, right? Watched the whole thing. Like, obviously, the dude, he tried his best. I would say, like, it, you could tell he was trying his best not to be biased. Did his bias run run through it a little bit? Yes, it did. But I could tell the guy tried his best to be unbiased. But if you look at it, like, like just even seeing the other Q people, they're talking about that from 4chan to 8chan, there was a change in the writing style, right? So that's one thing. And that's then, one thing I've heard, too. And once you see, like, when you hear uh, this guy, Code Monkey, talk, he just seems like... He's full of shit, and he kept trying to push this narrative that Steve Bannon is Q. Steve Bannon is Q. He, through the whole six-part series, there's, like, he's like, oh, he even has a little trace, uh, a little, oh, look, uh, I could look through my site, and I kind of got a little area where they're at, and this is, like, Steve Bannon's house. Like, so it just seemed too set up. So, like, to me, it all originates from, and then also with that my Maria, I'm not trying to talk shit or anything, but I, I'm the one that told her. Because I was one of the original people. I'm not saying I made it up or anything, but I'm one of the original people that was pushing the whole accuser uh, AI psyop. Remember, I was like, it's you some were. Kind of, you some very kind much of were. I was, I was very much on the fence. And um, you've been saying that for over a year. I mean, since the since I first heard of you, even, which was over a year ago. So. And, and, and she didn't never said that. And then she started getting onto that, which whatever you could get on. She started going into that down that rabbit hole of Tyler and all that. But my conclusion later, after more of my digging, I was like, well, maybe it was like it could be AI bots as well. But I knew this was a, a Mossad uh, uh, central intelligence uh, operation. And when I read that stuff on Cass Sunstein, the co- the cognitive uh, uh, infiltration, that paper right there, when he talks about infiltrating the 9-11 movement, the inside job movement, and he wanted to do it with anonymous government agencies. And I think that's an important fact. Now, does that mean that it's bad? No. Like, obviously, I know and you know that just because they make a plan doesn't mean it's going to go that way. And I don't think it did. I think they thought it was going to go a certain way, and I think it's been backfiring on them because regardless, it's made more people prone to be against the government, which is a positive thing in my eyes. But they're just arguing about the whole thing that they're saying Steve Bannon, which I think is a bunch of bullshit anyways. I don't think he, like, did they have a pardon and stuff like that? I'm sure they promoted it, but to me, it's always been a, a, a government opt. To I just think that Cass Sunstein's uh, cognitive infiltration paper is what this all is, and I think it got out of hand, and I think Code Monkey uh, took over when he went to A-Chan, and I think he just did it his way. And I think that's what's kind of split it because now he had control over it. But I, the only thing I don't know is if he's an operative, which it kind of seems like it because I'm like, if you were really trying to keep this shit secret, why are you doing this whole – like? Th- it's just how convenient that after all this shit wrapped up, that you've just so happened to be doing a three- to four-year um, investigation on the guys of uh, HN, and and you get to tell their story. It's just, um, especially when Q wasn't, to me, that huge. Like, yeah, it was like there was rumblings of it at that year. So within that first year, Code Monkey says, like, uh, 
he's uh, yeah, that's she's so right, man. Code Monkey is so awkward, and he cannot lie for shit. Like that guy will tell on everybody. That's why I'm like, there's no way. Like that was a super rat. Like that fool wouldn't be trusted in any circle. I just think it's a bunch of bullshit, and I think that he played and pushed the part more, whether it was for his own benefit or whether he's an agent. I have no idea of that kind of shit, but uh, that was just some of the, you know, stuff going around today. That's kind of, like, the basic of it, like, and I have nothing against anything about Q, and, like, the other thing is, too, is, like, I think that it's good that people are, are, are waking up, and I have no problem with people that think that that we should think, like, positive, because, you know me, like, yeah, I talk a lot of shit, and I and I do call out, uh, but I always say that we're gonna win in the end. In the end, we're always gonna succeed, humans. Uh, I don't know about one particular group. Fuck all that shit. But as humans, we're gonna win. We're gonna survive, and we're gonna go on to the next phase. Right now, we're just dealing with the weapon that's been the weapon of choice for the last fifty, sixty years, and that's manipulation. And we're slowly deciphering what manipulation is. And there's so many layers of this manipulation that we have to be aware that there is people that have constantly been into um, these groups. Whether it be, like we've said before, BLM, Antifa, so on and so forth, or Proud Boys, which we've pointed out. They've had, they have had got a Fed in there, too, <laughs> one of the big leaders. So all these groups are... are uh, I think the three percenters did as well. Yeah. Um, quite a few different uh, right-wing groups as well. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like uh, these big, uh, well, bigger kind of alt-political groups, left or right. Um, if you don't know them personally and they're not in your circle, it's like how well can you really trust them? Most and that's the thing. It could be anybody. They could be feds or they could just be radicals that maybe want to use you as a pawn. And I could see, like, some of the people in Q's uh, frustration because I do think there is a lot of people that are just cashing out on this. Like, there's there's obvious. It's like anything, you know? Like, it's a hot thing. A lot of these guys that had millions of followers on their YouTube channels and uh, even Code Monkey in the thing, he talks about... Fuck, I can't remember the guy's name, but he uh, spoke to some guy and they gave him this, like, algorithm that's going to push anything that he puts on Twitter to the top. Hmm. So it's like... You're working with somebody, man. And those guys were fucking weirdos, man. All of them were fucking weirdos. But I think, like, the point of it is that it's not that people are trying to make money off of the, like, you know, you can make a living off of whatever the hell you want to do. And obviously, who gives a fuck if somebody don't like it or not? You got to do what you got to do. But I do understand people's point of trying to make money off of doom and gloom, if that's the case, what they're trying to do. Like, you know, if people are just trying to sell you, like, you know how we talk about Alex Jones sometimes. Like, I don't watch him all the time because he gets like that, you know? He gets all the doom and gloom and the world is over. And that isn't a good uh, a good philosophy because it's not. It's not even close to over, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care if they fucking invoke the passports, everything. It don't matter to me, man. Like, that's, to me, that's only pushes the timeline up just like when everybody was mad that trump lost and i was like well maybe this is a blessing in disguise and i got a lot of people got pissed off at me like what do you how could you say that i'm like what do you mean because then people may have just been like okay we're good we got trump in he's gonna fix it now we gotta remember because it's always going to be up to us it's not gonna be up to trump whether good or bad he if he's good or bad doesn't matter 
whether Biden's good or bad doesn't matter. It's up to us, the people. We got to stop pretending like somebody's going to save us. We're going to save us and we're going to do it together. And I think that we've been building communities and I've seen plenty of online communities that are doing like they may not be what everybody wants. You know what I mean? Or their particular um ideology but I, I like them i feel like they're doing good they're doing prosperous work they're trying to put good energy out there anybody that's putting good energy out there that's trying to lead people into a positive realm is always a positive in my book yeah um especially um a lot of the bigger channels um or personalities that are kind of in the alternative media or the free media as i like to say um you know, we're seeing a lot of uh, censorship and bans going down and people are kind of, you know, we need to finance our operation and it pay our employees. So we have a, you know, our own website where we have premium membership and stuff. And I would say, like, pick your favorites and maybe invest in one or two just because we need to decentralize from the big tech oligarchs and um, kind of uh, take away their absolute control of the market and the public square of discourse you know so it's okay for these guys to you know if they're putting out content uh premium content for uh you know a membership and you like them and you've been following them for a while then yeah i mean i think there's nothing wrong with that but there's other people who you know they'll do live streams and they'll collect a bunch of money too and it gets well, they're, kind of well, they're kind of grifting too, though. Like, so I do see they are. Everyone's gonna grift a little bit, but it's to a degree, and like their message with it too. I think. Yeah, that I, I can understand. See, like I've been into that debate too, because I mean, I work a regular job, but like, like you, you know, you got your job. And I thought about because I've been offered like people like want to do like you know like hey you know or monetize or anything like that, and I've I've looked into it, but then like. Fortunately for me, I do music and I do, and now I have my other podcast that I'm starting over the influence. And I was like, you know, well, I have the benefit of having a good job right now and I don't have to make money off of this particular, you know what I mean? This particular, what we do, because it, it, this is what we do. I'm who we are, who we are. You know what I mean? Like if you talk to me on here or if you talk to me on the street, it's going to be exactly the fucking same. Like I'm going to talk... The exact same. Like, I'm going to hear you out, and I'm a little bit intense. I fucking go on rants. That's just who I am, right? But I can Reminds see... Reminds me of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but then you have the other people that are kind of, like, totally different um, in person. Like, they have these personas, and that's where I think that gets confusing with people. Like, But like I said, for me, personally... I got. I came to the fork in the road, and, and I just went uh, right instead of left, and I'm going to just... Uh, I'm trying to build my record label and make money off of that and then just do this shit to, uh, you know, stay, keep people informed. And then I can have that give me my money. And then this is like almost my community service. <laughs> hey, man, I would have no problem either way if you wanted to go more premium or not. Um, but it is like like you're saying, uh the way we're doing it kind of, you know, out of the goodness of our heart, sacrificing our own time for it. Like it does feel like a little bit of community service. And we try and like not be too biased one way or another and actually have like a more open-minded look at things left or right. Um, you know, authoritarian or libertarian. Um, we try our best, but the biggest point is we're just trying to deconstruct the propaganda and the lies of the mainstream media. And I think that's gotta be the the main aim of the game for us. 
is the manipulation. That's what we since the beginning of this. That's mainly what we talk about is the propaganda. The point of us bringing certain articles to light or certain clips is just to point out more so that people can decipher it better because not everybody because whether you're right or left that's why we try not to focus on right or left and you know we we get shitted on i get people mad on both sides because they think like oh yeah he's shitting on liberals hell yeah and then i'll say something about conservatives and that they're like whoa and i'm like well the thing is is that you shouldn't follow anybody blindly that's the point the point is to not feed into this manipulation to realize that like obviously there's only six uh companies that own all the news networks there's only uh, i mean uh the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest sponsors of these major networks so you got to put one one together you can see it in their commercials too like how often do you see a commercial for antidepressants or weight loss supplements or anything like that on these news networks like their biggest client is the pharmaceutical industry and after that it's uh well maybe some could argue uh the military industrial complex. Oh yeah. Well, when 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 you got all the ex generals, but they're kind of linked, really. Yeah, we'll be with mocking with Operation Mockingbird, and then you got all these ex CIA, ex military uh, uh, generals that uh, after their careers over, if they're not going to Raytheon, they're going over to um, what's it called the 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 media complex. <laughs> yeah, to be uh, you know talking heads or a guest guest speaker as a specialist or a consultant or whatever. To push uh, central intelligence foreign policy. Correct. And, you know, it's a revolving door system that they have going. And th- there's a lot of that in um, the upper crust of society, if you will, um, with Wall Street and uh, D.C. and various other aspects. Um, but the best we can do is just highlight the, the hypocrisy, the lies, follow the money and uh, call them out. Yeah, and enjoy our time too. Like we always say, like have I, fun I, with it. Crack a joke. Yeah, crack a joke, man. Like I, sometimes people may think that I'm all serious, but I'm fucking all talking shit, man. I, I <laughs> not that I do, could care less, but I'm saying like I'm not worried about it because I always find a way, man. I'm gonna adapt, and they're not gonna get rid of me. Like, like I mean, they could put a bullet in my head, obviously, but <laughs> like you know what I mean. But that's the only way you're gonna silence me. Like I'm gonna talk no matter fucking what. I respect it, man. It's the way it's got to be. I mean, I'll be in the store sometimes talking shit, just walking around, fucking, <laughs> just walking around, being like, "Oh, they care about our health with masks, but uh, still got GMOs and all the food." Oh, do you guys take the GMOs? Oh, you didn't. All right, for sure. Like, like, <laughs> just talking shit, like where you could just say it, and like, no one really knows to say because they're like, "Man, he's fucking right, though." Like, <laughs> you can't, you can't say that's a fucking lie. Yeah, for real. I mean, it just kind of reminds me of the whole like. <laughs> You know, show your vaccine card, and at Krispy Kreme Donut, you can get a donut every day for free or year round uh, for that year. And it's just like the coercion they're using is just so so dirty and sly. And but, Sam uh, Adams is giving away a free set yeah. of beer now. So what a what a staple of health of America: a donut and a beer. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, uh, haha, he right though. <laughs> That's, that's it's funny. it's fucking just it's it's just uh 
like you said, it's it's comical, and you do need to laugh at it because what happens is that the manipulation people go, man, they're manipulating us, and, it, and they try to make it more scarier. Stop with the fear tactics too, because we're not about the fear tactics. So hopefully, it's that not any- working anymore. No. People are uh, aware of it now. It's like oversaturation of it from that past year we went through, and now it's like they're trying to hype up fear about, you know. We need to get everyone vaccinated and like even though like most of the people who are really at risk who wanted the vaccine have probably probably been able to get it by now, I imagine. Um everyone else is uh, you know, doesn't think it's worth the risk. And I think uh, and you saw they try to smear DeSantis. Yeah. Uh, I, forget, I don't think well, they, they even got deep to platformed mention that. Him uh off of yep. Facebook of uh, YouTube multiple times. Yep. Uh, and he was citing uh university studies as well. Um Unbelievable, and yeah, especially on the topic of kids the wearing masks in schools. Like I've a big uh, anti-masker when it comes to masking kids in public schools. Um, I just think it's asking for trouble and respiratory issues for these youngsters who, you know, they're not very susceptible. There's like a zero point zero 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 three percent chance or something like that for for youngsters. So, yeah, it's uh pretty dystopian to see youtube canceling a, a governor just for bringing up that point <laughs> and they are trying to make mass permanent because i posted that too about they that are. uh that navy twitter account uh put a mask on the navy logo that's that's insane man like <laughs> they just i saw that and so i was bad. i'm shocked i'm in shock you know it's like how far does the virtue signaling have to go? I mean, at this point, I think it's as infinite as the universe itself. Well, as she's saying right there, uh, what's it, degrees? Uh, the allergy thing. I heard about the allergies with masks, and then they're also talking about they think that it could stop the spread of regular flu and other. They're just uh, having more articles and news segments of talking about. Well, maybe these masks will be beneficial for another season, or they 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 want the mask so bad. And I think it's because they want to have uh, more compliance because you have to look at it like that because how do you govern people? You have to have them govern themselves. Like when you look at jail, jail is a great uh, uh, way that they do it. In California, they're separated by race, not by – it's not – the guards don't do that. They allow it, but it's done. (laughs) Apparently the mass shrinks your dick as well. I wouldn't doubt it. They let the the um, inmates separate themselves by race, so they like do it by cars. You know what I mean? They call it cars, like you're riding in this car, and right. they allow they allow that, and nobody talks about that. That should not be allowed. That like when you go to other states, when I tell them that shit, they're like, "What, really?" But that's just how like the gangs kind of let it, and they're they go let them do that. Then they'll take care of all the shit. We'll just come in at the end. So they let them beat the shit out of each other, kill each other, do whatever they want, and then they just clean up the mess afterwards. And that's not rehabilitation. <laughs> Absolutely not. It actually, for a lot of uh, first timers that go in there, they end up being more uh, radicalized and come out uh, more likely to commit more crime because of their time in there and being exposed with the general population that's kind of hyped to that. Uh, dynamic between groups and it's pretty sick honestly i feel like uh the california prison industrial complex is a a very shady organization i mean just look at their links with kamala harris and her practices on uh 
keeping people incarcerated just so they could have uh, $1 per hour firefighters. Well, there's this, uh, he's not the head DA in Riverside County anymore, but he was at the time when I was uh, doing fighting my case. His name was uh, Ron something, Ron, Ron Pacheco. Ron Pacheco, and he was famously quoted as saying, "A great, a good lawyer can get a, a guilty man off, but a great lawyer could put an innocent man in jail." And that was the head DA. They would take somebody f- uh, from Riverside County was so bad that they would extradite somebody from New York. Like when I was in uh, a county jail, they extradited this dude from New York because he was at a rave uh Coachella and he sold the undercover officer two ecstasy pills which he didn't even want to sell because they were for his personal use but he was like all right man okay you know what i mean wow. like and they so the undercover two talked months. him into it wow yes. he talked him into ultimate it ultimate entrapment these guys have no morals <laughs> they have no morals whatsoever another one was this other guy that got locked up again at Coachella he was trying to sell fake acid it was just paper it was just paper, literally. And he unfortunately sold it to an undercover cop. But I was like, he did six months for that. That's that's like these laws. Like I always thought like jails and prisons were for rapists and, and, and like serial killers. And, and really they're full of like regular people that are just doing things to try to make a little bit of money. Like, you know how many people are in there for bootlegging? Like two, three years for bootlegging? Remember back in the... Early 2000, pirating was, like, huge, and then they started cracking down on it, which you're going to start cracking down. I remember. I was in school. I was in school during (laughs) so I definitely know about that. (laughs) And and there's a lot of people that are in jail for that that are doing, like, two to ten years for selling a DVD. And then it's just crazy. And then now it's going to get worse because they're doing the whole uh, streaming services thing, you know, that uh, they're making it a felony. A felony. We highlighted that in a previous episode. Yeah. I think they snuck that legislation through with the last COVID stimulus package. Yeah, they did. Just to look at all this sort of bullshit pork that they put in all these different bills. And got the newest infrastructure thing that Biden's pushing. And did you see there was uh, some Democrat politician uh, woman? I forget her name. Uh, but she was saying, like, uh, you know, prenatal care is infrastructure. uh, uh uh, better f- uh, pay teachers' infrastructure and all these different, like, you know, hot-button uh, Democratic talking points just to, just to, like, make sure they could get their uh, free gibs from the federal government, really. Yeah, and then you heard about the whole L.A. County, right, school district where they're uh, getting uh, more... Their kids are getting extra money. Like, they're getting extra money for their personal kids. Like, it's crazy, like... They literally extorted, like, I mean, I guess that's what you got to do, but it's just crazy. They extorted and used this, they politicized this as well, and they're not taking any of that blame because they wanted to get more money. Whether that they deserve more money or not, I mean, that's debatable. I mean, the school system's pretty fucked, if you ask me. I agree, and it was kind of a weird... um dynamic with the distance learning and you know teaching across zoom primarily and like i i know personally some teachers i'm not going to name anybody uh like they you know sort of made themselves into like these uh instagram influencers as teachers and And heroes yeah and they're like oh we can't go back to school because of the risk and i'm like the only ones that are at risk are you guys the teachers and you guys are cowarding 
being cowards and it's affecting the mental well-being and actual development of our youngsters um, just because you guys are afraid. And then you want to be told. And then they use it for leverage for better money and facilities and smaller sizes and all these, you know, all these regulations when they've been, you know, working from home and making the same amount of money when other people have had to actually risk it. They've been working from like, they've been vacation. How many, how many times have we seen tons of these teachers that are, are uh, doing distance learning and they're in another country and they're so I thought you were worried about they're saying they're worried about COVID and then but yet they're traveling everywhere and I've noticed that too that the, that a lot, through the last year all these people that complained the most about the COVID and that they uh, push for the restrictions that they're Our the teacher. ones traveling the most yeah that too very much so um, it's quite hypocritical and they're also very much like team science as well um global warming uh aficionados i'll call them but you know all like just really wanting to push all these globalist talking points and not really actually you know trust the science well it's like we need to have the debate about that science first before we can trust anything but no it's basically a religion now and just shows how much the indoctrination is being pushed down everyone's throat and I do think, like, uh, I think, I don't know his name. It's that dude in, I think he's, like, some, like, fitness person. He's, like, something Christy or something. That dude from Canada, like, with the teeth. I don't know. I don't know. Like, he just has those teeth. It's always shiny and stuff. <laughs> like, uh, you I'm know what I'm talking sure. about? You probably know if you've seen him, you know who I'm talking about. I can't think of his name. But anyways, uh, he brought up a good point the other day on one of his lives. I think, but I saw it later. He was talking about like we can have these protests and all, it's it's time to start mobilizing and changing the the tactics. Like to me, like I was talking about earlier about the whole you know contract thing, but just not just that. Like I think that it's useless to go into and tell people like, oh, you shouldn't fucking wear a mask. You're a fucking idiot. I think that's stupid. But I do think that there do needs needs to be more of these um, people that are going to grocery stores thirty at a time because in groups. We're we're protected by yourself. You know you're gonna get you're gonna get fucked with. So I think that these those things I think they're good. I think to film them and to push them out there, it puts out the message and shows people like, hey, we're not afraid. You shouldn't be afraid either. And I don't think they should. And I think they should engage with as much positivity as possible doing that because that's how you're gonna affect people and change and get that that going and that positive energy. Of course, the news is gonna try to spin it negatively, but I think if you can get more events like that and and more like uh, events like where that uh, little girl, uh, that two year old that they were trying to kick off the plane, but you saw everybody else was like, "Fuck that." The same thing within in that flight in that Israel. That was great. I loved seeing that. In Israel, the same thing happened. A flight attendant wanted to kick him off because of a kid, and the whole entire plane goes, then we're all getting off. And they all got off, and that's <laughs> when you make a message. So we have to try to find more common ground as much as possible. We got to stop. Like I know that we don't have the, all the same ideology. We never will, but we all want to prosper, and we all want to improve everybody's lives. So we got to continue to find those connections. You don't know why that person's wearing a mask. You don't know why they're scared. So maybe you can give them that empowerment feeling by showing them not to be scared and not necessarily criticizing them, but just showing like a group of people just shopping normally and just ignoring them as much as possible because that's how you do it. And that's how you empower the people because instead of fighting each other, because we want each other to be on the same side and to realize 
Our enemy is the state. It's not my neighbor. It's not the guy at the grocery store. It's not any of these working class people like me. It's the state and it's the corporate it's the corporatists. That's our enemies. That's what we have to try to keep pushing to people because we're going to keep getting into these traps where we're fighting against each other and we're getting nowhere because we're too busy fighting these little battles that are meaningless when we need to find bridges and connect us to these ultimate goals of growing movements and actually changing the mindset of the masses. Other than that, we're just going to look like a little pest or uh, someone that's petty. We have to try our best to change our approaches. I agree. Um, would love to see more flash mobs, but even like smaller things, you could get your homies together or your family members and have a barbecue and don't be afraid of it. Just embrace it. Live your life. You know, like pretend like this whole COVID shit never happened. You know, if you, if you feel comfortable with that, you know, don't wear your mask into the grocery store. Cause you know, more often than not, I've never, I've never been confronted and I refuse to wear them into grocery stores. Cause I just feel like that is, a, yeah. it, it's the, it's the biggest public thoroughfare of our society. You know, it's like everyone goes there, even the homeless people go there. So don't wear your mask, walk, walk tall and have your chest out and your chin up and, you know, greet them with a smile. But, and you know what, more often than not, they'll probably smile back at you under their mask but they're not going to confront you not unless you give them attitude and grief first you know just walk on past all that nonsense and move on with your life yeah and that's what like that's what i like i remember one time like i was going to walmart and i just walked through and the guy hey 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 you know what i did i just kept walking i went straight to the shit that i went to buy i bought it and they and I didn't even say one word to them because I was like, there's no point in me saying any word and confronting with this motherfucker because I'm gonna be the one that gets in trouble and goes to jail. So I'm just gonna keep going through and doing my thing. Now, people can say whatever they want to me. What I usually do is I just look mad as fuck. Like I just be like, man, if you say like, cause I'm I, I'm just looking at it like, man, you're gonna get yourself into some trouble. Like it's not like I'm trying to start some shit but if you're gonna get into my face and i warn people like i haven't got too many confrontations i've noticed though that a lot of the confrontations are either where people are yelling at each other already or a lot of the times it seems to be men that are going after women i've seen tons of videos of these older men like chasing women down like you need to put a mask on like whoa man like that's creepy in general like whether you, if you don't want, if you feel uncomfortable that they don't have a mask, you have the opportunity to leave that store. You don't have to be in that store, especially these motherfuckers are like in Hobby Lobby and shit. Like it's something important. If you feel that th- scared, get the fuck out. Exactly. Um, I couldn't even imagine, you know, talking like that to a, a woman at all. But let alone these guys are just acting like there's the plague is out there and they're terrified for their well-being because someone else isn't wearing a mask. It's like, dude, you're exposing yourself more by confronting this person rather than just walking away. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, you know, rage based, instinctual, uh, virtue signaling, um, sort of, I don't know, psychological breakdown. And and when you're going to, and, and if you are going to engage in some kind of debate or discussion with these people, Please use like solid arguments, man. Don't use the same old, same old arguments. I'm just saying, make use an argument that's gonna make them think. Like, tell them, like, okay, so 
if it's protecting me, then why is there GMOs in the food? So if 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 the grocery store is so worried about my health, why are they cool with selling corn? Uh, what's it called? Uh, high fructose corn syrup. That's in everything. That there's it's already been proven that high syrup. fructose corn syrup. Yeah, yeah. They say it depletes your vitamin D. What did we learn over the past year? That eighty five percent of the ICU patients with COVID had vitamin D deficiency. I don't see you getting rid of corn, uh, high fructose corn syrup. I don't see you getting rid of the GMOs. So you got to like put those perspectives into people's minds. Like, cause if you say something about the vaccine that they already, cause they're already prepared for you to say an argument they've already heard. So if you say an argument they've already heard, they have something prepared. You have to hit them with something they haven't heard. That's going to make them think and be like, Oh, that they can't deny. I think that's uh like, like many people have used and we've used the whole FDA um, not being, you know, it's emergency authorization. Like, is so, are we supposed to not believe in the FDA? Oh, for the vaccine, yeah. And then, like, about the vaccine, I tell I people mean, to not worry too much. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust them either, but I'm saying, like, it is some, pretty telling that they're even like, oh, I don't know, like, but in July 1st, it ends, the emergency use, and I'm, I, I don't see it being extended when we have so many treatments because the only use of an emergency authorization is when we have no treatments and there's plenty of treatments out there i know they're trying to discredit them at the moment but i really feel that it's good at july 1st the fda because that that means they will be held on the line they don't want to be on the line right now they're just like all right we'll do the fd you know the emergency thing just because we have nothing we're trying to look like we're doing something but they're going to be held accountable if they continue to push this. So I think that it's going to fall off. I think that we're going to see the the push go away eventually because it's not going to get approved. Yeah, and that could be why they're trying to, you know, so aggressively push people into it. I mean, uh, I saw an article today. I did it in my notes, but uh, in Toronto and um, – these housing complexes and you know kind of coercing people at the at the moment uh they walk up to their door to take that vaccine so you know maybe they're trying to rush it through um as quickly as possible and get as many vaccine in arms as possible before that july 1st date of uh the emergency use authorization uh expiring yeah that's most definitely their plan and like also the reason politicians push it so much is because they have to look like they're doing something too because they haven't done jack shit for a fucking year. It took them forever to get them, get us that other fourteen hundred. It took them forever to even give us that six hundred dollars. It's it's and then like all that whole summer of uh, of defund the police has turned into the police are getting record fucking setting like budgets. <laughs> So I yeah, think they're yeah. seeing the horseshit. And, but also where they found the police, it was increasing crime too. Yeah. From what I saw in various areas. It was, uh, you know, it's, I think we're going to see more of that this summer, to be fair, with the Chauvin trial thing and the way the, me- yeah. the media is kind of portraying it in a uh, slanted way. Um, that's something we haven't really talked about in a while, but... Um, yeah, I have kind of still ongoing that trial, but I've been the media has been it, know, making but... points of only highlighting wins for the. The media has been making a point of only highlighting the wins for the prosecution, whereas like the defense is actually you know, coming up with significant wins of their own, but the media doesn't highlight those. So it's almost going to be like if Chauvin gets acquitted, there's going to be a lot of people who are upset because they didn't know 
the full story behind the case and what was going on with it. Yeah, and I, like I said, I've been following it, but I haven't like uh, pushed it too much because it's such a explosive topic for people that, uh, especially because like me, I don't like cops and like, yeah. So it's kind of like I try to not to get into because I know that I'm gonna be biased. Like I'm gonna because for me, one of the parts that I hate the most is like just the way that they approach them in general. Like to me. There's no reason for them to already be like, oh, motherfucker, I fucking told you. this." Is I hate that they talked to, like, there's that one that, uh, I guess it happened in December, but I don't know if you've seen that video floating around there. I think he was maybe a Marine or Army Reserve, and he was in his uniform and everything, and he was pulled over. They don't sp say why he was pulled over, and literally, the motherfucker has his hands up, and they're just like yelling at him, get the fuck out of the car, guns drawn, and then he goes, uh, uh, um... He tells the guy I'm scared, and he's like, you should be scared. Like, come on, man. Like, that's the police state, and that's why it's hard for me to, um, like, obviously, like, I don't think, I think that people need to have a trial, and a fair trial is a reasonable, and I understand that, like, right now his defense is kicking ass. Like, defense-wise, they're doing the smart tactics, and they're strategically winning this case. Like, that's what you're supposed to do, but it's hard for me because I just think that so many of the tactics that the police use are so wrong that like yeah maybe he didn't kill floyd or maybe there or maybe he, i think it was combination i think it was a combination of an overdose uh you know cuz obviously maybe he ingested fentanyl right then to cuz i know that that's a lot of people will take it right there to try to uh not go you know to get rid of the evidence and then the combination with uh the knee and they showed that it looked like it was on his back maybe his shoulder blade i don't know but the fact at the way they approach the situation because like i did repos for a long time and when you're repoing people's cars they're not very happy with you you know what i mean and i never had to have like no, pull i never had it. a gun i never had to do anything i talked my way out of all those situations like and it was really easy so like i have a people always go well you don't know because you weren't in that situation i'm like well it's technically i was in the similar situation where, like, actually a worse situation where I don't have the law on my side. I don't have anybody that's going to... It's going to be me versus that person. So I got to get out of that situation. And I think the problem is that too many people ha get that authoritarianism and they take it to the head. They get that little power and it, and, it, and it feeds them. And they feel like you need to obey everything they say. And they don't look at you as a human. They look at you as somebody that is automatically posing a threat. You're guilty before you're, and you got to prove your innocence now, and that's the sad part. Most definitely, and I agree with you, man. Um, there's a lot of stuff that can be done to reform policing, and I think there should be a lot of stuff done. Perhaps a uh, mandate of what they're, you know, supposed to be doing most of the time uh, feels kind of petty some of the laws and stuff on the excuse for you know the state to invade your personal life so oh, yeah. definitely think there's a large discussion to be had um and i hope it's had over uh police reform for sure but i was just trying to highlight the fact that the media is covering it one way and that if it goes the trial goes the opposite way there's gonna be people pissed off because they're expecting an outcome that the media won't be able to provide them yeah and the ironic part is they're going to rile up these people who most likely are going to riot or, you know, cause some destruction. And they're against policing. But in turn, they're riling them up to cause a bigger police state. And that's what I 
try to connect to people, I'm like, dude, you're not doing anything good. You're making it harder for me, you, and everybody else. But you don't see that because you're, they're playing with your emotions and they know that they're going to trigger, trigger you over this. Now, whether you're right about it or not, you know what I mean? I, like, we can debate that part, but is that going to help? No. You're going to create a bigger, and they're gonna, if you do that, they're going to be like, we need more police force. We need more control. We need more uh, pre-crime. We need to, that's the shit we don't want. We don't want all this tracking shit, and they're advocating for it, like, unintentionally. Like, they're, because when you cause the riots, then you get all these other people that are like, yeah, we do need more police. You know, we do need more protection. So they'll be willing to be like, oh, it's okay that the police department bought a tank. Oh, it's okay that they have RPGs. Oh, it's okay that they have assault rifles. All this stuff. Now they're just packing that uh, uh, the, these police departments and making them look like military outfits. And that's going to continue to happen if you have people burning down cities because it's going to be justifiable because people will vote for that. They'll be like, yeah, of course we need more policing. And they're not going to look favorably on these police brutality cases because they think like, oh, well, look, it's who knows if it's real. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, they're getting that whole clash of the divide and conquer. They're getting two birds with one stone. I agree with you, man. It's going to be an interesting summer for sure, um, either way. But, uh, you know, one key point money that the Defense Department makes selling um, surplus military equipment to local police departments. So I think that's also part of it, too. And I believe, like, a lot episodes ago, you highlighted oh. the whole story about that. You highlighted a story about... We did, actually, um... Well, it looks like uh, we're look. Well, that that uh can kind of seg. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say like it looks. Uh, I mean, we're at like a minute twenty. I mean, hour twenty-two, man. We're flying through. They're giving us more time now. It seems like. Because we used to get on. It's point. not bad. I'll take it. We'd get that little fucking yeah an ticker. hour exactly. <laughs> Weird how that works. You got any more story? I'm out of stories because like, all my clips. I got are one more. Um, okay. Let's see. U.S. delivers military cargo to Ukraine as it hypes up Russian military movements. Uh, while hyping the movement of Russian troops near the border with Ukraine, the U.S. has delivered multiple military shipments to Kiev. A Newsweek report cited local media said that over the past two weeks, the U.S. had three military cargoes delivered to Ukraine. On March 25th, 350 tons of cargo was delivered by ship to the Black Sea port of Odessa in southern Ukraine. It included a delivery of those uh, 35 of those soft skin Humvees. So, you know, we're given our surplus uh, military equipment, too. Um, And it just kind of ties into some other past deals. I mean, since uh, U.S. back in Kiev in 2014, that sparked the fighting in eastern Donbass region. The U.S. has provided Ukraine with more than two billion in military aid. And the Pentagon recently announced a new 120. 5 million package for Ukraine that includes armed patrol boats and another 150 million is expected to be provided sometime this summer. So just, you know, military industrial complex making uh, tons of money, man. The Biden administration's really uh pulling through for them. And that Ukraine um the Ukraine Russia beef is like heating up again pretty good. And it's funny, but I think yeah. you're right on your prediction. It's been coming to fruition more and more every day that that Biden may be 
the most corrupt we were both right because <laughs> like that it's every you were right like, too though uh, on your which one uh the one that you're saying it's like like that the biden administration was going to be, be a real clown Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I guess we were both fifty well, percent right. I think that was the it's one like a clown show slash corruption. Similar party. time as both. We're both right. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. it's it's a shit show, man. Especially there we have with it. the whole right. Hunter Biden going doing his little tour about his book and not being called out for being a crackhead and being praised for it and criticizing other people that have had the similar problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they even kicked out White House staff members for past marijuana usage. And then they have Kamala, who was lying about her past usage. I mean, she didn't get forced out. And you have Hunter Biden going on talking about his drug usage on, uh, what was it? What what outlet was he on there? Uh, he was, was on CBS C- Morning. And then he oh, okay, was also on yeah. Jimmy Kimmel, man. He was on Jimmy Kimmel. He's uh, doing his book tour. Oh, that's right. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> They're just going to have their back and make it look as clean a story as they can, you know, spin it the the Hollywood way. Well, I think that's going to be a wrap for us today, man. It was uh, uh, I think there's we're going to be here next week. Same time, uh, uh, Sunday, 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific. Uh, I'm Sean Chris. That's Sebastian Farr. Uh, this is Kill the Mockingbird Truth Report. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple. We'll be uploading the episodes. We, um, The timeline on those are a little bit slower than on the Instagram. So, like, uh, give us a little, you know, we work and we try to do editing. But also, I got uh, some music out. You can go check SeanChris.Bandcamp.com or you can go to Apple Music or Spotify and put in Sean Chris. Um, I got a video coming out next uh, Friday. Shut him down with uh, my uh, homie uh, King Mega. He does the beat and everything. Um, yeah, we're just kind of trying to make some moves. Got our little label we're going, but we're still gonna always do the truth report because it's pretty important to us to highlight the manipulation from the Central Intelligence Agency and the Mockingbird Media. So you know how we do it: wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Peace.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.